This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Day my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. And you can turn in your Bibles to both 1 John chapter 2 and also Judges chapter 13. Last Sunday, we began a new Sunday morning series on 1 John. But since today is St. Paul Sunday, Pastor asked me to do another message on Family Matters. And in this short mini-series, Family Matters, we've been learning how to lead our families righteously with the love of God in wicked days. How to lead our families righteously with the love of God in wicked days. 1 John 2, beginning in verse 15, the Apostle John wrote, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. In his epistle, James warns us about the dangers of loving the world and the dangers of loving the things of this world. He writes, friendship with the world is hatred toward God. It is a choice. It is a choice to love God or to love this world. It is a choice to love the things of God or to love the things of this world. The command is the love command. Jesus said in Matthew 22, beginning in verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And John, the apostle of love, warns us in 1 John 2 and verse 15, do not love the world or anything in the world. And unfortunately, we look at the church world today and the church world and America and our nation, and so many young ministers my age, they want to be liked by the world, and they want to look like the world, and they want to act like the world. They want to be popular with the world. But the Bible says, 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world or anything in the world. Today I'm going to tell you the sad story of a man called by God who loved this world and the things of this world. Today's message is for the young people, and it is a warning. 
The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor. Everybody say honor. Honor, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And here in the New Testament, Paul quotes Deuteronomy 5 and verse 16, which says, Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Young people, the first command with a promise is to honor your father and your mother. You know, I'm a father of five and I do my best but I, and I'm not perfect. But I, I strive to do my best, and I strive to do better, and I strive to improve. But I'm not perfect, but it doesn't change the fact the Bible tells my children to honor their father and mother. I can remember it like yesterday. There was a young man. He had just come back from his first year of college, and he, he didn't come to school at St. Paul's, and his parents had allowed things they shouldn't have allowed, and he had gotten back into a worldly lifestyle. And he had not done well, and he had flunked out, and he had failed. And his, there were some consequences. And I remember standing out there in the atrium, and he rehearsed all the faults of his parents to me. I patted him on the shoulder, and I smiled. I said, son, your parents may be, not be perfect. Your father may not be perfect. But they, they have paid, they have worked hard and they have paid for you to go to school. And you have wasted an entire year. And I said, so there are consequences. So you need to do what's right. You need to make this right. You need to make this up to your mom and your dad. You need to honor your father and your mother. The first commandment with the promise is to honor our father and our mother. Today we live in an honorless culture there is rebellion and disrespect for authority everywhere. Honor is everything. Honor is a matter of life or death. Honor is a matter of the blessing or the curse. Honor is a matter of a long life versus a life cut short. Today I'm going to tell you the sad story of a man called by God who loved this world and he loved the things of this world. His name was Samson. You can have the right God. You can have godly, righteous parents. You can have a godly upbringing with the right church, the right youth group, and the right school. And you can even be called and anointed by God. But if your heart is not right, and if you love this world and the things of this world, your life will not be what it could have been, and your life will be cut short. In the Old Testament, Joshua, a man of honor, lived to be 110 years of age. Caleb, a man of honor, lived to be 100 years of age. But Samson was a man who dishonored God. He dishonored his parents. He dishonored his people. He dishonored his own body. And his life was cut short. The Bible does not tell us Samson's exact age when he died. But it, it does tell us that he only led Israel for 20 years. In Israel, a young man was considered to be a man and of military age at the age of 20. So if Samson began leading 
and judging Israel at the age of 20 than he died when he was just 40 years old. That's, that's my age today, 40. He died likely when he was my age, just 40 years old, dead. A life with all the potential cut short. Has nothing to do with the will of God, has nothing to do with the plan of God, it has everything to do with Samson and what he did and with his heart and how he lived his life. Samson was called and anointed by God. Judges 13, beginning in verse 1. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was sterile, and she remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, You are sterile and childless, but you are going to conceive and have a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean, because you will conceive and give birth to a son. No razor may be used on his head, because the boy is to be a Nazarite, set apart to God from birth, set apart unto God from birth, set apart unto God from birth, and he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So Samson was called and anointed by God, and Samson had godly, righteous parents. Samson's father, Manoah, was a man of prayer. He and his wife worshiped the Lord. They presented offerings and sacrifices to the Lord. Later, when the angel reappeared, Judges 13, beginning in verse 12, says, Manoah asked the angel, when your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule for the boy's life and work? The rule, not, not God's suggestions. Not, not optional things to consider if we feel like doing what the Lord says. Manoah said to the angel, what is to be the rule for the boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord answered, your wife must do all that I to have told her. Sounds a lot like Joshua 1 verse 8. Your wife must do all that I have told her. To obey everything the Lord has commanded. You've heard my father say that when we do things God's way, we get God's results. And in any area of life, when you do things God's way, you have a blessed result. Days of heaven upon the earth. But in any area of your life where you do things your way, you have your results, which can be heartache and it can be, be trouble. And so he asked the angel, what is to be the rule for the boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord answered, your wife must do all that I have told her. She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine or other fermented drink, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything that I have commanded her. So Samson's parents were people who obeyed God. Manoah had asked, what is to be the rule for the boy's life and work? Samson's parents were godly and righteous. They were obedient. Verse 24 the woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir him. So Samson was called and anointed by God. Samson had godly, righteous parents. He had every advantage. But from the beginning, Samson's heart was not right. 
He loved this world. He loved the things of this world. And he loved worldly people. From the beginning, Samson's heart was not right. He loved this world. He loved the things of this world. He loved worldly people. Judges 14, beginning in verse 1. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. Her father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all of our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? So that, that, that's what he wanted, a young Philistine woman. Not a nice, young, beautiful Israelite woman. Not a Danite. No, he wanted a Philistine. He wanted a worldly woman. In the New Testament, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14, do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And that is true 100% of the time. And again, as James says in his epistle, friendship with the world, it is hatred toward God. Now, God's command for his people to not intermarry was not about race or ethnicity. Moses' wife was a Cushite, that is the modern-day area of Ethiopia. God's command was about religion. He knew that if the children of Israel intermarried with the nations around them, they would be led into idolatry and immorality and perversion and wickedness. And yes, the Bible does tell us that God used Samson's sin and God used Samson's compromise to bring about judgment on the Philistines, but his life and his leadership were never what they could have been had he not compromised, had he not loved this world, had he not loved the things of this world, and had he not loved worldly women. Samson dishonored God. Samson dishonored the word of God. Samson dishonored the commands of God. And Samson dishonored his parents. Empowered by the Spirit of the Lord, in Judges 14, Samson tore a lion apart with his bare hands. But look at verse 8, Judges 14, beginning in verse 8. Sometime later, when he went back to marry, again, the young Philistine woman, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass, a dead animal's carcass. He looked aside at the lion's carcass, and it was a swarm of bees and some honey, which he scooped out with his hands and ate as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they too ate it. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. Had Samson told his parents where the honey came from, they would not have eaten it. Why is that? Unlike their son, they were godly and they were righteous. Unlike their son, they obeyed the Lord. Unlike their son, they obeyed the commands of God. God had told his people to not eat anything unclean. And why is that? Well, the Lord wanted them to live long, healthy lives in ancient days. And yes, today in Christ Jesus, we're no longer bound to the dietary law, but we can go to the Old Testament and we can see the wisdom of it. 
God wanted his people to live long, healthy lives in ancient days. And so he had told them to not eat anything unclean. Further, Samson was a Nazarite, set apart unto God, not just from birth, but from the moment the angel of the Lord appeared to his mother. And Samson was to never eat anything unclean. Samson sinned. He disobeyed God. He disobeyed the commands of God. He dishonored God. And Samson dishonored his parents by leading them into sin. He dishonored his parents by causing them to sin. And Samson's marriage to a Philistine woman was a disaster. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. And yes, God did use Samson's sin and compromise to judge the Philistines, but his life and leadership were never what they could have been. His own wife betrayed him. What a surprise. The young woman that he shouldn't have married, she betrayed him. What a surprise. And even Samson knew that she was immoral. He said to the Philistine men, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. So even he knew she was not a righteous woman. His wife then was given to another, to a friend. So Samson had a worldly wife and he had worldly friends because a righteous friend would not have taken her. Samson did not lead this young Philistine woman and her family to the Lord. In fact, his sin and his compromise cost them their lives. Trouble, trouble, trouble. Samson never knew the joy of fatherhood. Samson never knew the joy of being a father. Never knew the joy of holding a son or daughter in his arms. And Samson never knew the heartbreak of Father God. He never knew the heartbreak of Manoah to know what it is to have disobedient, rebellious, compromising children. And yet, God so loved the world. God so loved you and me. The first commandment with the promise, honor thy father and thy mother, that it might go well with you, that you might enjoy, that you might live a long life. Yes, in Judges 14, Samson killed a lion with his bare hands. Yes, in Judges 14, he struck down 30 Philistine men. Yes, in Judges 15, in revenge, Samson burned the fields of the Philistines and later killed many of their men. And in fear of the Philistines, the men of Judah handed Samson over to the Philistines. And yes, once more, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. And yes, in Judges 15, Samson struck down a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. Yes, he did all of that. But his life and his leadership were never what they could have been had he not compromised, had he not loved the world, had he not loved the things of this world, had he not loved worldly women. Samson dishonored God. Samson dishonored the word of God. Samson dishonored the commands of God. Samson dishonored his parents, and yes, Samson even dishonored himself. He dishonored his own body. Samson was sexually immoral. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, beginning in verse 15, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with the prostitute? 
Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with the prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Verse 18, flee. Don't run toward it. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God. Yes, even honor God with your body. See, the, the Christian life is to be lived every day of your life. We don't say we love Jesus or we love his word and then we just live however we want. We don't say we love God and then we just do whatever we want. Our lives belong to the Lord. And we're to live the way the Lord says we're to live. And that's how you live a blessed life. That's how you live a life blessed by God. That's how you walk in God's best. The first command with the promise, honor thy father and thy mother, that it may go well with you, that you may have long life. We live in an honorless culture. We live in an honorless time. Yes, young people, honor your parents, but I'm saying to everyone, honor God. Honor the word of God. Honor what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. Honor the king of kings, and in wicked days, live a life that is worthy of God that is worthy of his name, that is worthy of the name Christ. Samson dishonored God. Samson dishonored God's word. Samson dishonored the commands of God. Samson dishonored his parents, and Samson dishonored his own body. Samson was sexually immoral. Judges 16 and verse 1. One day Samson went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. And yes, the Philistines then tried to entrap Samson. And yes, he tore the gates off their city. But his life was not what it could have been. His days were cut short. He was sexually immoral. Look at verse 4. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. It was a lot of money. And you know the story. Seven fresh bowstrings, not dried. New ropes, never used. His hair weaved into a loom with fabric and then tightened. Initially, he lied to her. He didn't tell Delilah the truth. But then eventually he gave in. And she betrayed him for money. Imagine that. A worldly woman betrayed him for money. Imagine that. A worldly woman put money ahead of a young man who thought he was in love. She betrayed him for money. I wonder how things would have turned out had Samson married a young, righteous Israelite woman. I wonder how things would have turned out 
If he had honored his father and mother and, and listened to them and honored them when they said, have you considered so-and-so? Have you considered so-and-so? I wonder how things would have turned out had Samson married a young, righteous Israelite woman. Verse 15, she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head because I have been a Nazarite set apart to God since birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back once more. He has told me everything. So the ruler of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. Having put him to sleep on her lap, she called a man to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him. His strength left him. His strength, given by God, left him. And notice, if he just lived to the age of 20, notice 20 years to lead, no, notice all the grace and mercy. Notice all the opportunities to say no, all the opportunities to do what's right, all the opportunities to surrender back to the Lord, all the opportunities to stop dishonoring God and to stop dishonoring his parents and to stop dishonoring every value he was raised with. Opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do what's right and honor God and honor his father and his mother. There's grace, there's mercy, until there isn't. And his strength left him. She called Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. Verse 20, it's one of the saddest verses in the Bible. But he did not know the Lord had left him. See, if he walked with God, he would knew if God was distant. But he headed further and further and further down the road of sin. No longer sensed the presence of God. No longer felt the presence of God. No longer was mindful of the presence of God. He did not know the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding in the prison. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Shamed, humiliated, weak, powerless, without God. And the Bible warns about this. Proverbs 5, beginning in verse 15. Drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. May your fountain be blessed. May you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May she satisfy you always. May you ever be captivated by her love. Why be captivated, my son, by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all his paths. The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him, 
the cords of his sin, hold him fast, he will die for lack of discipline. He will die for lack of discipline. See, in a culture of dishonor, in a culture of rebellion, in a culture of disrespect, disrespect for authority, disrespect for God, disrespect for mom and dad, a lot of young people are living like fools. He will die for lack of discipline. Led astray by his own great folly. Samson dishonored God. Samson dishonored the word of God. Samson dishonored the commands of God. Samson dishonored his parents. And Samson dishonored his own body. The result, it did not go well with him. And Samson did not enjoy a long life. Judges 16, verse 23. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who laid waste our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can fill the pillars that support them, where I can fill the pillars that support the temple so that I might lean against them. The temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there, and on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. It's good to pray, but it's better to pray before this happens. It's good to walk with God, Better to do so before this happens. Better to do so before this is where you're at. It's good to receive grace and mercy. It's good to ask for one more chance. Better to make that day today than sometime down the road where it is too late. Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me. The Bible says God had left him. There is grace. There is mercy. O sovereign Lord, remember me. O God, please strengthen me just once more. And let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one, his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might. Down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. Then his brothers and his father's whole family went down to get him. They brought him back and buried him between Zorah and Eshtel in the tomb of Manoah, his father. He had led Israel 20 years. So yes, at the end, there was grace and mercy. Yes, at the end, he killed more than when he died. He killed more when he died than when he lived. Yes, yes, yes. But just 20 years, 
Samson was likely my age, only 40 years old, and that was it. Done. Finished. His brothers carried on his family's name, but Samson didn't. Can God bring good out of a bad situation? Yes, but that's not God's best. Can there be redemption or grace or mercy or a second opportunity or a third opportunity or a fourth opportunity? Yes, but that is not God's best. Samson's life was never what it could have been had he not compromised, had he not loved the world, had he not loved the things of this world. The Apostle John writes in 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world or anything in the world. Verse 17, the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. And as James reminds us, friendship with the world, it is hatred towards God. Ephesians 6, verse 1, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Young people, hear me. Never forget these words. A life lived for God is a life of honor. A blessed life is a life of honor. Marriage and family, God's way, is a life of honor. Your life is not your own. So honor God. Honor God with the entirety of your life. Yes, even honor God with your body. Young people, hear me. You can have the right God. You can have godly, righteous parents. You can have a godly upbringing with the right church, the right youth group, and the right school. You can even be called and anointed by God. But if your heart is not right, and if you love the world and the things of this world, and if you live a life of dishonor, your life will not be what it could have been, and your life will be cut short. As we sometimes sing, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. The things of this world have more appeal and more attractiveness than Jesus. You have not been looking upon Jesus. Please bow your heads. You might be here today, and perhaps you have never given your life to the Lord. God loves you. He loves you so much, the Bible says, that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes upon him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. This world that we live in, it lies. It'll tell you that there are many paths to God. It'll tell you that if you live a life that's just kind of good enough, that's sufficient. You can make your way to God. You can make your way to heaven. Those are all lies. The Bible says that we have all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Each of us, every man, every woman, every Little boy, every little girl, we are all in need of a Savior. And his name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. The Bible says that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. 
You can leave here today knowing God is your Father. You can leave here today being a part of the family of God. You can leave here today knowing you're a child of God. If you're here today and say, Austin, I've never asked Jesus Christ into my heart, but I want to. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to ask him to be my Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand high. Raise your hand to where I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you, I see the hand. You might also be here today in a time in your life you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you, you know in your heart not been living for God. You've been doing your own thing. And in doing your own thing, you have not just dishonored God. It may be dishonored the way you were raised. Maybe you have dishonored yourself. The Bible says the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can leave here today knowing you have peace with God. You can leave here today knowing you have a new beginning and a fresh start. If you're here today, say, Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right with God before I go. If that's you, raise your hand to where I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life. The sake of the hand that they saw towards the back, we're going to pray. If you raised your hand for either invitation or didn't, but if you raised your hand, I'm going to ask that you grab your belongings, your Bible, what you brought with you. Come join me at the front. We're going to pray. And maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know that you should have. God is dealing with your heart. You know you should be here. You know you need to give your life to Jesus or you need to recommit your life to make things right. Grab your belongings. Come and join us at the front. We're going to pray. God bless you. God bless you. Repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins, and I give you my life. I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for a new beginning and a fresh start. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. I give you my life, and I thank you that from this day forward to my last day, I will live for you, I will honor you, I will put you first, and I will know what it is like to have you as my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. If you'll go with Mr. Jeff Hughes, they've got some things to bless you with. We'll get you right back in the service.